on page 50, Aleph, middle of this mimer of Just to recap, on page 49, um, we we're speaking about, <clears throat> especially when it comes to Midas, that feeling is a good thing. The Iker thing is Sehergish. And the proof for that, clear proof for that, is when you give the Maimar Chazal, when you give a Pruta, a coin to an Ani, you get six blessings. But when you appease him, which is a feeling type matter, putting yourself into his pain and encouraging him, so you get 11 brachis. So you see the main thing is a hergish when it comes to Midas. However, the idea of hergish emphasizes that there's two separate entities here. There's the Margish, and there's the thing which he's feeling. So there's two entities. And the Maimar in this is that you're able to feel the thing. However, Margish, um, however, the thing that there's still, it's still emphasizing the two separate things here. And it's not, the other thing which you're, the thing which you're feeling is not you. Because um, that which is something which is part of you, part of who you are, your essence, it's not shaykh to say a hergish or feeling, because hergish implies that there's something that you're feeling, and the something which is outside of you. And being that life, that your own life, is who you are, that's what part of you, it's part of your essence, it's not shaykh to say they did hergish achayis, to feel that, feel that life. Rather, you just, you live, they're left. So the fact that we are describing here this idea of hergish achayim, which seemingly is not fit to the idea of feeling life, because life is part of you and you can't feel something which is, which is you, it has to be a separate entity, and just is coming to negate that, basically, the, the lack of feeling. But... So Hergish Shechaim here just means the, the fact that you're able to feel anything, to feel alive, but not that you're feeling something separate from you. However, now, this type of Hergish is not like feeling something outside of you, though, when you feel that you're alive. That when you're feeling um, within yourself a feeling of life, like like feeling something that's outside of you, like the way that you feel something outside of you, that's, that's a sign that there's a sickness or there's something wrong in the body. And you start feeling things within you, like you feel something else. He feels a, sec- a separate entity outside of you. Somebody who feels uh, a headache, a pain, pain, or a pain in one of his one of his organs, that hergish itself is a sign that there's something wrong. Somebody who's healthy doesn't feel his organs, his limbs, and so too spiritually. Somebody who feels himself too much is too egocentric and is stuck in his just self feeling. That is gasruach and gaiven. That is ego and haughtiness. So that type of hergish is a sign that a person is sick spiritually. Somebody who's healthy spiritually, he doesn't feel himself. He's not overindulged in himself. And like we said, the chai noisi asatzmei. The person's alive, connected to godliness, and not overindulged in himself. He becomes uplifted and more and more spiritual automatically. Which is not the case. Somebody who's sick spiritually, he feels himself. He feels himself too much. He becomes weaker from time uh, as time goes on because of his lack of fear, lack of fear of heaven. Until, the, in, until the, in the end, he can even fall into many things which are opposite of Hashem's will. And the godly energy which was drawn down through his relationship with Hashem through Tehidah Mitzvah becomes removed from him and he becomes a sinner. And somebody who sins and causes a blemish and goes away from the ways of Tehidah Mitzvah, even if he goes back to fulfilling Tehidah Mitzvah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work to bring that energy back. In order to fix what he what he's already done, basically messing up his relationship with Hashem on the basis on the basis of Tehidah Mitzvah, he has to draw down an even higher level, a higher godly energy. And that's not enough. The original energy of Tehidah Mitzvah, the original light of Tehidah Mitzvah, he has to now resort to tshuva from the depths, the very depths of his heart, through which he can draw down that high energy, the essence of Hashem, to bring about the forgiveness of his sins. And then, when his sins are forgiven, that blemish is taken away, he can now re- renew his relationship 
like we said, the muscle of the river that dries up, you have to dig deeper to get the water out. That's the whole idea of Slichas Avonis, the, the forgiving of sins, which happens during the, the, the um, days of awe, Rosh Hashanah and 10 days of repentance, Yom Kippur. And that's the reason why we talk about then Amelech um, HaKadosh, Hashem, the Holy, we switch to Akelech HaKadosh, Amelech HaKadosh, because then you're drawing down this revelation of Hashem's very essence, which is hinted to in the words Amelech HaKadosh, Amelech HaMerim, Levadami Oz, higher than the level of Oz of Atik, which is referring to Hashem's very essence. Like it says, Hashem is revealing his holy hand, meaning and during the 10 days of repentance, as a revelation of that which is usually concealed, which is referring to Hashem's very essence. And that's what we say, Dear Hashem B'Motzi, during the 10 days of repentance, you should seek out Hashem who's found during those days, meaning the fact that the, the whole year Hashem is totally removed from us and He has no comparison to worlds and no relationship with worlds in His very essence. During the 10 days of repentance, that very level, which usually is totally removed, is found, is Motzi, and is found to, the, to His nation. And that is the whole reason why we say all these um, these uh, confessions during the Sarasamay Tshuva and even Tzadikim Gemurim, which seemingly have no sins, even say these confessions. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, who is in the total Bittl Mitzis, he has no feeling of himself at all, he would say these these um, confessions. Even Aaron, like it says, Vekhiper Ba'adoi, he would make atonement for himself. Lechayda, he was a perfect sinner, a uh, perfect uh, Yid, perfect Tzadik. How could he say, Chatasya Visi? Doesn't make sense. Moshe and Aaron, the Tachans of Bittl, what are we? They had totally, totally nullified to Hashem. How could they be saying these confessions that they sinned, and and they need to come to to Slicha and Kapara? The reason is because being that these times, at these times of Seres Mitzvah, Hashanah Yom Kippur, there's a revelation of Hashem's very essence, and before that very essence, everything, every every entity, anything that feels itself at all, anything that is in existence outside of that, is considered like a sin, and therefore anyone can say confessions that I'm sinning at that moment. And from that level is drawn down the forgiveness of sins, which is the idea of the spiritual resurrection of the dead, bringing down the revelation of Hashem's very essence, which has the ability to transform the dead into life, to basically make a forgiveness of these sins and renew the, the relationship with Hashem. And now I'll start on Ois Kimol. This is the meaning of the verse. The dew of lights is your dew. Just to give a little bit more explanation of what this verse actually means, in a simple sense, the whole verse is Yichru Meisecha Nevei Lasi Yikumun Akitzu Veran Nesheich Neofer Kital Edis Talecha VeOdet Zerafoyim Tapil, which translates literally, "Oh, let your dead revive, let corpses arise, awake and shout for joy, for uh, you who dwell in the dust, referring to the dead, for your dew is like the dew on fresh growth." Tal Edis Talecha. You make the land of the shades come to life. Now, uh, Matsudis explains Tal Eiris Talecho. First of all, Matsudis Tzien says that Eiris is a type of Tzemach, is a type of growth from the uh, Shem Tzemach. And he quotes another verse, which you see that Eiris refers to a type of growth, a type of vegetation. And Matsudis David says Tal Eiris Talecho, he says, that the tal tchia, the dew of the resurrection, which I, which Hashem will descend, bring down upon you, the dead, which are in the earth, the verse says before that, will be like the tal, like the dew, which descends, which comes upon the tzmachim, the oiris, the vegetation, which causes it to grow. So too, the dead will be resurrected and, so to say, will grow through the the um, dew of resurrection. Tal oires, the tal, the dew, which usually causes the, these oires, these vegetation to grow, will is your dew with the door, the dew which you will Hashem will 
descend or bring upon the dead to resurrect them, also causing them to grow, so to say, to be resurrected. That's what that verse means in the with all the commentaries. So this is the meaning of Tal Eidus Tal Echel. The Mechinus Malchus Datsilu is just like the physical resurrection of the dead. It's impossible to be from the godly light and the energy, which is drawn down from the source of life, which we explained earlier refers to Malchus of Atsilu, the source of energy of all of, of the created worlds. So it's impossible to have this resurrection of the dead physically just coming from that level of source of life, which is the regular source of life of all of creation. Because once that level is removed through the sins, Sorry, this is talking about the physical sense. Once that level is removed for, through death, the soul is removed, you can't just have that original level to come back and to resurrect because now you need to bring an inanimate object, an inanimate flesh back to life. So now you have to need a higher level. Even you can't even have the level of Malchus of Atzilus, how it's still in its pristine state within the world of Atzilus, totally exalted, removed from worlds, from the created worlds. Even that, the Chayr, you would think, it's already it's above the world of Biyah. It's not, it's not within those worlds. Therefore, it's higher than them and has more of a power to seemingly might be able to resurrect them to bring the dead back to life no because that is the source of life meaning the source of the divine energy which encloses into the created beings therefore since it's still related to this created beings being that it is its source it's not enough to bring about a total resurrection a transformation transformation you need a light which totally transcends the chain of creation which has basically makes no difference between life and death so even how this Malchus is still in its pristine state, in Atzilus, before it's descended into actually be the actual Chaim, the life of the world's Biyah, that is not enough to resurrect it. Rather, you need the dew of resurrection, we said you need the dew of resurrection, which is the revelation, refers to the revelation of a supernal life, which is above, which totally transcends, even the even the source of this source of life, which the source of Mokrechaim, that we said earlier, where does this Mokrechaim, Malchus of Atzilis, get its energy from? Originally, it gets it from the beginning of all the chain of creation, which is Chokhmah of the world of Atzilis, the highest sphere within the highest world. So even you need a light, a godly energy, which transcends even the source of the Mokr Chaim, which is even transcending the Chokhmah of Atzilis. You even need a light which transcends the the source of the source of the of the uh, source of life of Keser. Like we said earlier that the Bria Yeshmi'ain is basically actually brought about the Kayakapel Benifal, the actual energy of creation is through Malchus, the Mokr Chaim, Malchus of Atzilis, but it needs to get the flow of divine energy all the way from Keser. So that really, what's the shayda shayda the the true ultimate source of the life, of the life of Malchus of Atzilus, of this energy which flows through his channel, through funnel, through Malchus of Atzilus, is really from Keser, Hashem's divine will which transcends creation. But here you need an energy which has no relationship at all with worlds, even Keser, even transcends Keser. Keser. who so if that's true, in the physical resurrection, you need a light which totally transcends all of creation, even above Keser, who because even then Keser is the Shreda Sharshay. It has somewhat of a relationship to the Mukher Chaim, to worlds and to the source of life. You need a light which totally transcends any relationship to worlds. Hinekainu, but this applies to the spiritual resurrection. Of bringing back the dead person, the dead person Baruchnis back to life, which we were explaining earlier. 
that through persons going against the ways of Torah becomes dead. He has that that energy which is usually drawn down through his relationship through Torah mitzvahs is now gone, and he has to resort to a higher higher energy to bring him back to life and to renew his relationship with Hashem. So, so too is this in the spiritual resurrection. It's only comes about through revelation of a supernal divine energy, which is totally transcends the divine energy, which is usually drawn down through Teda Mitzvahs. Meaning that the divine energy, which is drawn down through Teda Mitzvahs, is not enough still to enliven, to resurrect the spiritual dead. Rather, you need the revelation of the level, which is termed Tal Eides, the dew of lights, which is referring to Hashem's very essence. So, the Tal Tchia. Not enough just to come back and say, oh, I made a mistake, I'm just going to continue doing Tere Mitzvahs again. No, that's, that's not enough. You need to dig deeper into, uh, at that moment, when you've already gone against the relationship, it doesn't make sense just to go back and say, okay, I'm back. No, you, you messed up. You need to regret it. You need to dig deeper and to connect to a level within the neshama which is above the relationship which is above these things which you've done wrong which is the essential connection you have the neshama has with the shem so that is what you need in order to renew your relationship with the shem to resurrect so to say a person's dead state that is caused through sin and that is called and this is the level which is drawn down to resurrect to re-enliven to revivify the spiritual dead and returning to what we said earlier, this is what it says in Shemayin Essay, Hashem, how does he resurrect the dead? Only with abundant mercy, which is referring to the unlimited mercies of Hashem, stemming from Hashem's very essence, which means, means, in its broader sense, it refers to both the physical and the spiritual resurrection, that both the physical dead and the spiritually dead, their resurrection is only through the abundant mercies. Meaning, what's the abundant mercies? It's talking about the true, essential mercies of Hashem, stemming from, coming from Hashem's true essence, infinite essence. Even the dead and the evil, like we said earlier, that the source of death is evil, is going against Hashem. So even those can be transformed to life and to good. So now, Continuing on, basically the resurrection can only be through this level which totally transcends all creation from stemming from directly from Hashem's very essence, Rachmim Rabim, So now when a person realizes from a knowledge of this matter that the spiritual resurrection is only is specifically through Rachmim Atzmi, the essential mercies, Rachmim Rabim, of Hashem's true infinite essence, so a person who serves Hashem with Avedish meaning the service of the heart during prayer, which is the time when a person is supposed to arouse his heart, to arouse emotions for Hashem. That's the whole point of prayer, to arouse emotional relationship with Hashem, to create emotional relationship with Hashem. So a person who serves Hashem and actually applies himself to davening, what does he have to do when he realizes this, that the only way to resurrect himself could be that he's in a dead state? The only way to cause this resurrection, spiritual resurrection, only through the essential mercies of Hashem's very essence. So during davening, he has to realize, that is the time when now he has to contemplate in, a, in depth, a lengthy contemplation. Thinking about deeply 
his different matters of Tater Mitzvahs and the way he acts. During davening, you start thinking, wait a second, how, where am I holding when it comes to Tater Mitzvahs, my relationship with Hashem, created through Tater Mitzvahs, and the way that I act, and you might find, you might find that when it comes to these matters of Tater Mitzvahs, or the way he acts, as a person, he might find that he's Kemes Mamish, literally like a dead person, in a spiritual sense. He's lacking all feeling of sense of godliness at all. He doesn't feel any Gatlachai. He's totally desensitized to anything godly. He might find, and this is what he should think about when he realizes that Tchis Amazim can only be through Rachmim Rabim. So during davening, he should, he should start to contemplate and at length and, and very deeply and start to think about where is he holding? Do I, does he have anything within him that might reflect this idea of being spiritually dead? He's lacking a godly feeling. When he thinks, when he truly applies this to himself, and he thinks honestly about where he's holding, this will finally, it will penetrate to his heart. And it will touch him very, very strongly, powerfully to his heart. And he'll cry with a bitterness of his soul to arouse upon his, to arouse upon his soul his dead, this dead soul of his, so to say, an abundant mercy from Hashem's very essence on his soul that's now in a spiritual misa, a spiritual death. So a person that takes this to heart and he realizes that the only way to resurrect himself, you start to think, you, start, you have to take time during Davidin to think if he really is like a mace in certain things. And therefore, he'll... he'll be aroused at that time to arouse within himself. He'll, he'll, he'll cry and be very bitter about his matzav. And please Hashem, have mercy on me to wake, to resurrect my soul. And this now is the following. This is the contemplation which the which the server of Hashem, a person who really takes, engages himself in davening and takes it seriously. This is what he should think about. And basically, will help him come to the realization of the, the how how bitter he should feel about being in this state of of of, of a mace. This is what he should think about, and in order to arouse this rachm rabim, this abundant mercy of Hashem's very essence, to resurrect himself, he should think the shade that the true ultimate source of every single Jewish soul. Wherever, whoever he may be, meaning the lowliest Jew to the highest level Jew, the, the ultimate source of every Jewish soul, whom is from the true infinite essence of Hashem. That is the true, true, pristine, divine, holy source of his soul. And it's drawn down from the inner core of Shemavaya, of Hashem's essential name. Like it says in Tanya Perik Beis, the concerning the true source, the Chilik of the Kamin Mal Mamish, where every Jewish soul is a source. Is a literal piece of Hashem's very essence, just like the Moshe talks about in the Moya Ha'av, like the the sun. That we're, the, all the Jewish people are called your children to Hashem, and just like the sun is drawn down from the Moya Ha'av, from the brain of the father, that the drop of semen originally is derived from the brain of the father, and really that that is connecting to the father's very essence, and therefore the essence of the father is found within the sun. So too, the essence of Hashem of godliness is found within every single Jewish soul, whether, whether wh- whoever he may be. So, so his soul is drawn down from the inner core of Shemavayat. Like it says in the verse, 
a deeper explanation of this verse, that Hashem's nation is a piece of Havaya, a piece of Hashem's very essence. The Hashem's nation is literally a piece of Shem Havaya, of Hashem's essential name, which Shem Havaya is the Shem Ha'etzem, the name of Hashem, which refers to his very essence, because other names, obviously, Hashem has seven, um, in a general sense, he has seven divine names, which refer to Hashem, how he relates to the world in different ways. Um, but Havaya, Shema Etzem, refers to Hashem, how he is in his very essence. Uchsiv, Nerevaya, Nishma Sodom, it also says in the verse that the candle of Havaya, again, is the soul of man. We see the soul of man is the candle of Havaya, again, from the core, the Primus Shema Havaya. and like the, uh, it says in Bereshit Daba, it says, Yisrael Olim Machshava, the Jewish souls, the Jewish people, arose in Hashem's thought. What does that mean? That means that uh, the source of the Jewish souls is from Hashem's very thought, from the mind. Like I said, in the muscle of the the son being derived from the father, the moya ha'av, from the brain of the father. So what does it mean that we're all Yisrael Machshava? It means that we are sourced in Hashem's very essence, which is the the brain connecting to the very essence of the father, the Machshava being the very deepest level of Elikos, the Machshava in Yadon In a broader sense, Machshava refers to Ratzin, Hashem's will. That's where the will is found within the machshava. So behind and in divine terms, this refers to Hashem's primordial thought of Hashem's very essence, which is transcendent, which is a lot higher than all the chain of creation. That is the source of the Jewish souls. To say that the chain of creation starts from, like we said earlier, the highest level of the world of Atzilus, of and below. That's the chain of creation. But the primordial thought of Hashem, Hashem's primordial will for creation, that transcends the whole chain of creation. That refers to Kesser, Hashem's crown, which is referring to, just like a crown, is above the head. So to Kesser refers to a divine level, godly level, which transcends the Chochmah, which is the beginning of Hashem's, so to say, brain, head. So that's referring to the level of divinity, which is infinite, totally transcending creation. That is the source of the Alu Machshava, the Jewish souls. But Alu Machshava, but if you look into the actual precise wording, Alu Machshava, they ascended in Shem's thought. What does it mean, Alu? That means the Lashon Aliyah, the highest level. Haino Lamaila Madrega Aliyena Shem Machshava, the highest level within Hashem's thought. Haino Bechinas Atik Akedisha, which is referring to the level of Atik, which is Hashem's true essence, the level of Atik, Pnimisa Kesser, the inner core of Kesser, level which is totally Netatak, totally removed from all of creation. And that is the level which the Jewish souls, not just that we're sourced within Makshava, that the Jewish souls are, are from Hashem's Makshava, but the Diyu Kalashin is Olub Makshava, the Lamaila Mdrega Lina Makshava, the highest level of the Makshava, the highest level of Hashem's will, which you said Makshava is Hashem's Ratzin, which is the inner core of that will, which is, which is Atik. So now, until now, we're speaking about the Shadish Shersh and the Shama, the ultimate source of the Shama in Atzin Seif, the ultimate essence of Hashem. Now we're going to talk about how this neshama is drawn down into the world, into the body, eventually. Um, just like in the mashal of how the the sun comes from the tipas me'achav, comes from the, this, the seminal drop, which originates in the father's chokhmah, father's mind, which in essence really starts all the way from the very essence of the father's soul. So where, what happens at that? original seminal drop coming from the father's very very essence descends then and be, and takes on a physical form so to say in the in the um, brain so now this seminal drop 
as this abstract source within the brain. And then from there, the brain descends and goes through the whole body until it comes out the aver, etc. And the point is that there is an ultimate source for this tipas mayachav, which connects directly back to the very essence of the father. Then it goes on this descent, this chain of descent, until it finally comes out and has a physical expression. So too, the ultimate tradish of the neshama is in the ultimate essence of Hashem, the true essence of Hashem, the infinite essence. But then, as it travels, so to say, down into, through all the chain of creation to the physical world, it has to come, to come down in process. Um, to be able to be be'erich, to be enclosed in the physical body. Because the ultimate tradish is be'en aroich, has no comparison and no relationship whatsoever with where the neshama is going to end up in the physical body. So there must be a process in intermediary which the neshama goes through. So that's what we're saying now. But amshachas and neshamais, so the actual drawing down of the neshama, which brings it from this essential, the true essence of, of Hashem down into the physical world. Who lemaila maila has mokerchaim. So it's a lot higher than the level of mokerchaim. Mokerchaim, we said, is malchus of atzilus, which that's malchus malchus chalilamim, the source of the life of all of creation, comes from. The Malchus of Atzilus, which that is the source of the divine energy which flows into all the creation. But that's only the divine energy of the rest of creation. So the energy which includes into the table, into the tree, into all of all the entities within the world comes from, travels down from this source of Makar Chaim, Malchus of Atzilus, Malchus Malchus But a Yid is totally different. The Neshama of a Yid root is rooted all the way back in Hashem's essence. And even the way that it's drawn down and the process it goes through to be able to reach the physical body doesn't go through this funnel, so to say, of Malchus of Atzilis, which would totally, you know, um, which would cause a real concealment on the essence, the central state of the Shama. So the Shachs and the Shama is the Maila Maila Mechaz Makachayim. The Makachayim, who Mechaz Malchus of Atzilis, who Mechaz Malchus of Atzilis, because Makar the source of all life, which is the level of Malchus of Atzilus, how it, it, it is, it, it's, it's pristine state, totally removed and exalted within the world of Atzilus before it's started to descend into the world's Biyah, to relate to the world's Biyah. But the Shamais, but the Shamais, on the other hand, even the process they go through to be able to get down to the body doesn't get funneled through Malchus of Atzilus, where it becomes totally concealed and uh, starts to take on the characteristics of that concealment of Malchus of Atzilis. Rather, it goes through Chochmah of Atzilis, the highest level of Atzilis. We are sourced in, in the Moyachav, which is synonymous with Chochmah of Atzilis, the Moyachav Hashem. Um, that is the process that Shema goes through, which is even higher than the source of life of all of other creation, showing you that the the process, even the process that the Shama has to go through from its essential state to get down to the body is also not a as, you know, intense of a concealment on the essence of the soul. And that is why another diuk in this Lushan says that the Jewish people are a portion of Havaya, which Havaya is also Havaya B'Chochma, like it says in another Pesach, Havaya is synonymous with Chochma, Chochma B'Shem, and that is that we are a portion of, uh, of Havaya. Not only said earlier that we're a portion of Hashem's true essence, Shema Etzim, but also Havaya, Havaya B'Chochmah. That the process of the Neshama coming down from that essence 
goes through Chachma and not through Malchus. Um, so, and we know that concerning Avaya, it says, Nisi. I am Avaya specifically, using the name Avaya, I have not changed. There's no change whatsoever um, in this, from the perspective, from this level of Avaya. Um, like it says, we see in the morning davening before the Chodesh of we say, you, Hashem, were the same before the world was created, you were after the world was created. The total total uh, equality, meaning the Duke is why it says two times Atta. could have just said, you were the one before the world was created and after the world was created. Why did it say two times Atta? Because the same Atta that was before the world was created, the same Atta after the process of creation, without any change. Hashem is totally unchanged and unfazed by the work of creation. So the Shama goes through this level, coming from the, the process of the Neshama going through and concerning that level, it says that I, that I have never changed. Hashem, I am Hashem, I have never changed. That there is no change from this um, supernal level of, of Havaya, which also implies that the Neshama coming down, coming down through this level of Havaya also does not undergo any real change. And it stays the same essence how it was in its original um, root and source. It doesn't change at all. Whereas all the life force of all of the rest of creation does go through a real symptom and a real process of concealment and contraction. Whereas the neshama stays the same essence, even as it comes down. Even though on the uh, the tzir chitzeni, the outer, so to say, layers of the neshama, it might take on some, you know, um, uh, seeming um, seeming concealment, but, and it becomes a, a creation, but the true essence never changes, whereas all of the rest of the life force of all creation has, goes through a real change. So, the word Havai, which we're saying now, is implying a level of divinity which doesn't change. Havai also, the Zer says, is it's from the word creation to, to bring it to being, which seemingly that implies a relationship that Havaya has to creation. And if it's related to creation, then you might be, you might come to say that it goes through a change because it's directly related to worlds. Therefore, the worlds have a chashivas by it, and therefore it would be, the worlds would affect the change in that level of divinity which creates them. So, but even though Havaya is a Lashon habit which would imply relationship to worlds, and imply change. However, this relationship of the Shem, of the Havaya being Mahave, creating the worlds, is really a save type of relationship, a more removed relationship with worlds. Save Makiv Kloli. That this level of divinity which creates worlds, brings them to being, is a level of divinity which doesn't enclose an internalized way within creation to the extent where it's murgish, it's totally felt within creations, a pimistic way, Rather, it's talking about a level of divinity which still truly transcends the limitations of creation, therefore is not affected at all by them. And that is this level which still is unfazed, unchanged by the work of creation. And that's why, and Zayar also says that Avaya is not just Lashmanahave, creation, which implies some type of relationship with the worlds, which might you might think means change, obligates change, but Havai is also Lashon Hayahiviyah. 
that it has within the world of Aya as Haya was, is, present tense, and will be in the future. And they're all in the same world, meaning to say that by Hashem, by this level of Avaya, which we're also saying here is referring to the Chachma Vatzilis, Avaya B'Chachma, within this level, past, present, future is all the same. Time is totally transcending all limitations, even of time, which shows you that it must be talking about a level of divinity which is not relating to the real details of creation, or else it would, past would be one thing, present would be one thing, and future would be another thing. We're talking about a level of divinity take, which is not Hashem's very essence. Therefore, it's a vibe, Hashem have it. It's relating to worlds creating them, but a level of divinity which still remains totally transcendent above worlds, and therefore above the limitations of time. And the Shami Zisrael are a portion of this level of Avaya divinity, that, um, which is totally above all change. And therefore, the Shami comes down here, even though it's drawn down through Chachma Vatsilis, which is synonymous with Avaya, it still remains unchanged. As we explained in the other place in Chesilis, there's a difference between Mahave and Mechaye. Mechaye implies an inner life force, which is more of a molecule type relationship, which would obligate the type of change and effect being affected because it's sort of say fitting into the Kli according to its capacity. Whereas Mahave means bringing to being, that implies a level of divinity which can bring Yashmi Ayin, which is not Mugdur, it's not um, limited defined by a yesh or an ayin, therefore it's able to bring the yeshnoi from the enoi, something from nothing, that level is seviv, is the level of seviv kolm. And that level still transcends creation, even though it relates to creation in a distant way. And then, which is the first level of the process of the shaman going down into the, into the body, into the world, from there, it descends even further in um, through the chain of creation into the level of Oyer Zaru al and Oyer, a godly energy, which is this, the deeper explanation of this verse, a deeper, a godly energy, an Oyer, which is implanted for the Tzadik, which, what does that mean? Meaning now we're having a planting of this Neshama, which is implying also more of a Neshama leaving its abstract spiritual state, coming down to more to relate to the the entrapments of the physical world or just limitations in general. The Uyir Zerul HaTzadik descends from Chokhmah Matzilus and is implanted for the Tzadik, Elyin, the supernal Tzadik, which is Ba'il Matzilus and the world of Matzilus, meaning it goes down through Yisoyed um, Avatzilus, which is that's Tzadik, is Yisoyed Elom and Yisoyed is the Mida, which implies Ashpah of the Mashpiyat of the Makabal. So from Chokhmah Matzilus goes through Yisoyed Avatzilus then then it goes down even further through this process until it goes down to the word, world of Bria, the world of creation. And then it goes down to the world of formation, taking on a certain form now. Then it goes down to Asiya, to the spiritual world of Asiya. Until the extent where it eventually is able to descend and enclose into a physical body, which is which is constantly um, disintegrating in biodegrading, you know, becoming the older person gets, the more the body is already like it says, that from the moment the person is born, the, the body is already getting older and drying out. So the, through this whole process, the Neshama comes to the very essence of Hashem, descends into the physical body, through all these different levels of creation. And so a person thinks about this whole idea, which we're saying, this is the Isbain, which he should think about when he realizes that he has actually had could be that he's in a dead state, desensitized to godliness, and he's among the eater, 
arouse great mercy from Hashem's essence on his neshama. You should think and take it seriously that the source, the ultimate source of the neshama, is from the Hashem's very essence. Just go down this huge descent until it goes down to the physical body, and what happens? That's a, that's a, he realizes that this is a huge, intense descent, um, very very intense. It says in the Gemara from a high high. Um, um, a high peak to a very low pit. So not just from a high level to a low level, it's from a high peak, a to a deep pit. Not just from the roof to the ground, but from a very high roof to not just the ground, but to a deep pit. We're talking about not just the neshama coming down into the world of Asiya, from Atzilus you know, Atzil to Asiya, Ruchnis. No, this is talking about the neshama coming from the very essence of Hashem, Igrarama to the very depths of the physical world of Asiyah, into the body, which is even more good of, more coarse, the Bira Mikta, to the deep pit, which is even lower than the physical ground, which is underground. That's the descent that the Shem is going through. I'll go into the next page, 51. This is, this, this, this is indicating this idea of just the enclothing of this very spiritual, godly soul into a physical and coarse body. Which that itself is a huge, huge descent. Not even talking about what the person ends up affecting his soul throughout his life by doing things which are against Hashem's will, which even dirty the neshama and bring it down even lower. So just the etzim inyan, the fact that the neshama comes from the very essence of Hashem, descends into the physical body, coarse body, that is itself a yiridikadil of atzum ma'id ma'id. And we're saying that when a person knows that the only way to resurrect himself is through the rachim rabim. And so when he knows that, that tchiyas amesim, it's only through Racham Rabbim from the true essence of Hashem. So the person that takes his avoida of davening seriously, he needs to contemplate in very in, in, in length and in depth, basically in quantity and quality, where he's holding a tater mitzvah, and that he could be also experiencing a, a a spiritual desensitivity, a death of the of the neshama. And when he thinks about this seriously, it'll really bother him, and it'll start to it'll touch his heart, and he'll start to cry and ask Hashem for his abundant mercies. And this is what he should think about and to get him to the state to arouse this abundant mercy. What should he think about? If he takes it seriously, he should think about this ultimate source of the Nishama, which comes from that place which he's trying to draw draw down the Rachman from, the ultimate true essence of Hashem. And the Nishama goes down through this whole process, and even the process that goes down is also a very high state. It goes through Chachmah, and it stays unchanged in its very core. And it goes down very low, and what happens? This core spiritual entity becomes trapped in the physical, physical coarse body, which is a huge, huge, a huge descent, which will obviously, from that, arouse great mercy. That oh my gosh, Hashem, please have mercy on the piece of you which is now trapped in this physical body, and has to take part in these physical actions that I have to do: eating, eating, drinking, even without, not mentioning doing things that are various. That is his blameless will bring him to a Ma'irachim Rabin to wake himself up and to resurrect himself from his dead state.